Think about it. It is right here. It is right now. How you doing today, Brandon Stokely? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Happy Tuesday to you. We are off and rolling at Murphy Creek Golf Course uh, in Aurora, one of the five great courses in Aurora. It's in fantastic shape. Looks great. Uh, after just breaking my back. Uh, uh, in the middle of last week. I mean, just breaking my back. One of oh, the worst rounds I've ever had. It's a really long, uh, if you're hitting from the blues, it's almost 7,000, uh, do they do it by yards or feet, Stoke? Oh, my goodness. Um, feet. 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 Yeah, feet. I think it's 6,900 feet or something like yeah. that. Just yeah. long, just a little bit too long <laughs> for me, but I'm going to get back out there. I'm going to try again today. It's, to play it's a couple yards. It's a couple yards. yards. It's I, I knew yards. you were trying to freaking hoodwink me. <laughs> In public, goodness gracious! <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, uh, but um, we measure things in yards. Oh my golf goodness! What about on the What about on the green? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very yeah, tough. Yeah. It's, it's 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 very tough. It's long, and um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to try to hack okay. it up again for a couple holes today. You are uh, j- j- just a couple. I wasn't wasn't didn't think I was going to be able to, but a series of unfortunate events. Has actually freed up my schedule. It was about four or five in the morning. Owen just going through it, just throwing up. And my wife actually had to take the day off at school. They're at the doctor right now, um, but I don't have to go pick them up now. Oh, so so you just leave your sick kid at home with your wife, <laughs> and and then she's got to go pick up your other kid, and then you enjoy golf. Well, I will That's, pick up the other kid oh, after oh, go, oh, we'll oh. leave it here. So a yeah. little bit of this, a little bit of that. Okay, um, all right, all right. But yeah, uh, yeah young Owen Good going for you. through it. It's okay. Good for you, right? Yeah. <laughs> Son getting, never heard of that. My son getting sick worked out great for me. I'm golfing today, Stoke. I was wondering why you were so happy when you walked up here today. No, don't do that. Smiling and just like oh bopping around. I love it. All right. Well, at least you get to play a couple holes. Yeah, a couple uh, holes. Just a little bit. Yeah, it looks great out here. It looks yeah, really, really nice. Condition. I think I played out here years ago. It's been it's been a while, but I I, I have played out here I believe once or twice. And you, um, you get the you get the Buckley uh, Space Force over here, and they got the planes like you know, and you will see them maybe this afternoon. But you'll be like out there like about to tee off, and whew, I mean it's like whoa, there's like an F sixteen fly, really cool, like really really cool. Uh, we're gonna be here until two o'clock uh, if you want to come by and say hello. But speaking of come by and say hello, guess who was out of Broncos practice today? Who? Drew Brees. Drew. Yes. Oh, wow. Russell Wilson's, uh, the apple of Russell Wilson's eye for the second <laughs> half of his career. Uh, what do you think about Drew Brees out at practice today? I love it. I love it. Uh, why not? You know, uh, him and Sean Payton obviously have a great relationship. They they were together for a long time. So anytime you can have a player perspective, a guy that's been with Sean Payton that long, come into the building and then just be a resource for Russ. You know, I mean, how much would it help? I, mean, I don't think it's going to help a ton, but could help a little bit, which yep. is which is better than nothing at all, right? So, oh, oh, that's great. I mean, last time he was in town, I mean, him and Emmanuel Sanders, I think, were throwing and um, yes, at at a, at a high school or something that's for right. a couple of days, wow. and then, Good and then Emmanuel ended up signing with the Saints or something. I yeah, I think um, that was the case with Drew for a year. So, 
uh, back in town to see Sean Payton, hang out at practice. I, I think that's that's a positive, uh, certainly. What, what do you make of it? No, I, I think it's a positive. You know, on, on the drive in here, I, I was thinking, like, what could, you know, sometimes this stuff gets a little bit overstated. Right, like, oh, he he was there to help, and you know, he just he changed Russell's perspective on something. I, you know, I, I can't really see that. So, so I was thinking, like, what could Drew Brees say, or what could he instill in Russell Wilson in a one-day practice setting like this that could resonate with Russell, that could translate to anything during the season. And I kind of thought of, um, and, and, and I'm going to go down a different road here that has, actually has to do with you. Um, but I, 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 don't, I, don't mean, I don't mean it to say that Russell's not doing this already. But when I was trying to think of something real and legitimate that Drew Brees could actually pass along to Russ that could make some sort of impact, I remember you having your conversation with Demarius Thomas and Eric Decker. When, when Peyton uh, was in the fold here in 2012. And you said, listen, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, and you could jump in, but say, listen, you guys just need to be prepared to work as hard as you've ever prepared. You need to um, be a sponge to Peyton. This will be the hardest thing you've ever done. But if you do it, the dividends on the other end are going to be incredible. Well said. You 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 actually uh, listen, and and well, probably sounds sound like the better version than than than, than the original. But maybe, but maybe. but it's like if 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 Drew could say something to Russ, it's like, hey, listen, man, whatever he says, just do whatever this guy says, and he's gonna be hard on you, and he's gonna coach you hard. That's what you wanted, right? Well, now you got it, and if you do all this, it could yield you dividends. Um, that you were hoping for a year ago, and you get him a year after the fact. Yeah, hopefully that's uh, and that's what happens. Hopefully he can be, um, you know, his words will speak into existence like mine did. Right. See how mine did? Yeah. Mine like the manifestation. Right. It happened. It happened. Right. I, I spoke it to him, and boom! What happened? Next thing you know, they're both um, they're both having great, unbelievable years and careers uh, yeah. with Peyton. Yeah. So uh, we'll see if Drew has that same magic touch. Touch like I did. <laughs> uh, That's I, the way I look at it. I don't know. You know, I'd like to hear from Drew. I, I, I honestly, I'd like to hear from Drew, and I'm hoping Put him up at the podium. Maybe not at the podium, but like off to the side, and just take some questions because I really would. Sean Payton's so dang strict. He can't tell Drew yeah, what to do. He can. He's still he running the show. Drew That's how he really. Do. That's how he really puts his his foot down. He's like, nope, you don't even get to even talk to the media. Even retired players. Right. Nope, nope. You're over here on my turf. You're in my home. You can't even talk to the media off to the side. Oh my god! But what would you like to hear from Drew? You know, I, I'd like to hear um, how he thinks Russell can can best be successful in a Sean Payton offense, and just things that he already knows about Russell that could translate to the system that Drew knows better than anybody else. I, I'd, I'd be curious to what that is. And maybe we wouldn't even want to share that uh, into a microphone. But, like, man, there's, like, I, I knowing the Russ the way I know him because they, they, they went to battle, uh, and knowing Sean the way I know him, you know, these two things here, these two things with, you know, with Russ could go a long way. I, they, I, don't oh, I like that. I like that. I think that's um – I think that's well said. Yeah, I, I I would like to hear from Drew also. I think you we could um, maybe get um, something that you know an answer to why he's here. What is he doing here? Uh, does he expect to be here during the season at all? And 
you know, things. I mean, Drew Coast last year for Purdue. Remember that? Oh, During that's the bowl right. season. Yes, you're right. And then he had, like, he's got a separate partnership with a gambling, you know, company or something. And they, they tried, tried to, to kill him. They took, <laughs> it was points bet. They tried to kill him. Yeah, the lightning. The lightning. <laughs> the lightning. The fake tried. lightning. The fake lightning. But, but no, the fun they, campaign they, that was. They took the, um, they took the um, point spread off the books. They took it off the books. They took it off the books, that, the bowl game. Oh, yes. oh, yes. Oh, because of his partnership with a gambling site. Um, so I, I, you know, so obviously he's he's got he's doing a lot and still wants to be around football. I wonder if he'll pop in. You know, be a consultant. Well, Maybe Demarcus a, Ware. That's where I, where I was going to go. If you let me finish, sorry, the, 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 I, that was my punchline. <laughs> you stole it from I'm me. I'm sorry, but no, 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 exactly. Um, maybe, maybe it'll be a little bit, you know, pop in and out and come for you know a couple couple weeks or a week at a time, and uh, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. That I, think was, I think that's a good thing. I don't think it's a negative at, at all. And uh, just to have a resource there, it's always good to have a former player's perspective, right? That, um, hey. Why not? Can't hurt. So, especially someone that's been around Sean that knows, yeah. like you said, that knows how he ticks and uh, knows, um, you know, kind of how he is throughout the course of the week during the season. So, all good. I like it. All right. Uh, we will hear a little bit more from Broncos practice later this afternoon. But in the meantime, is Javante Williams starting at running back the best plan to start the season? Interesting topic that we'll take a dive into coming up next. It's Stokely and Zach on Denver Sports Station, 1043, The Fan. Is Javante Williams starting at running back the best plan to start this season? Interesting conversation that we sort of touched on super briefly yesterday and said, you want to know what, let's give this one more time to breathe a little bit. Um, the dynamic at play, considering the injury, uh, considering who the current backup is in Samaj P. Ryan and how uh, effective uh, that he has been historically and passing the eye test early on. I'm curious um, where you fall on this conversation. Yeah, I didn't really think much about it until you mentioned it yesterday. And... Um, it makes a, I think it makes a lot of sense, Zach, to maybe um, have Javante start off in a reserve role, not be the starter. What does it really matter to begin with, right? Because he's going to be probably having less carries, I would think, early on than Samaji Piran. I mean, that would be my plan for him, right? I want to bring him along slowly, 8 to 10 to 12 carries um, a game. You know, for the first, I don't know, three or four weeks, whatever the case may be. Maybe it's five or six weeks. Maybe it's two weeks. But um, just because, you know, he's not the starter game one doesn't mean he won't be the starter, you know, weeks six through 17. So why not take the more cautious approach? Take a little bit of pressure off of him, right? And that's what that would do. That would take some of the pressure off of him going out there and trying to be, you know, the guy. And just be the secondary guy right now. And uh, just do your thing. And, you know, the, the main guy is going to be P. Ryan early on. I, th- I think that would be the best plan for the Denver Broncos offense and how to handle the running back positions. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, I, I do. I think it's best practice right now because of how important Javante is. And, and I don't want anyone to misconstrue what they're hearing right now. Uh, this is about uh, injury and timeline not performance. 
Uh, this is about being less than a year out from ripping up three ligaments and is filling his plate with all the meat and potatoes and fixings. I just don't think that's the best approach. You have made fun of me kind of through the years of how conservatively I have wanted to take the Broncos' most important players. Those guys in years past have been Bradley Chubb and, uh, you know, sort of fill in the blank. I'm uh, almost forgetting through the years now. <clears throat> it's like you want to bubble wrap him to week 12. And, you want to just let him sit out a whole year. You want to <laughs> Jamal Murray. Like, oh, we can't do that in football. That's, I, they can't do that in football. I, I, I understand, but and 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 you know, more oftentimes you're right about these things. But my the source from where I say that is their importance and the investment that that the team has made in those players, and that's the scenario that I'm looking at right now. I think Javante Williams can be, man, Stokely. After his rookie year, he looked like he was trending to be a top five back in the league. And number one broken tackles as a rookie. Uh, this is a player that they moved up for. He's as close to a first-round running back as you can get without being a first-round player. This is about the most important portion of the season, you know, weeks, you know, like you said, 6 through 17 or however you wanted to outline it, um, and having him be healthy. And, and I think taking it slow and conservative to start the season while still playing him, you know, in our notes ahead to the first three or four games, 60-40 split. If you're going to run the ball, let's just—I'm just, just going to throw out arbitrary number twenty-five times. Let Samaje run fifteen of those. Yeah. Let Let Javante run ten of them. Get his beak wet. Let that body um, get reacclimated, and just push the timeline out closer to a year than ten and a half months. And then maybe we're off to the races by week five or six. Yeah, we're on the same page. Yeah, about we, that? We are. How about that? We are. Um, I, I I like that thought. I I, I think also you know. I think it's good for the person, for the player. You're taking pressure off of him. Yep. Right? You're not the starter. You're not the lead guy. You're still going to get playing time. Yep. We're still ex- expecting you to, you know, look great. But, like, you, you can be a little bit more um, patient. And it does. It, and what it does, it does it removes some of that pressure that that, fi- that that player is feeling. Definitely. Whether you're the starter or just, you know, a reserve role. Because you could be the starter still only getting 10 to 12 carries, but it's still a different mindset. Totally. When you're yep. that first guy out there, rather than coming off the bench and just feeling more relaxed and just being a part of the puzzle. And guess what? Javante has no ego. Right. You know, he's not going to care. Good. Yes, He's not going right. to care about it, so you're not going to have to worry about that. And you're doing it for him. Right. Right. You're helping him um, help himself. Right, and and sometimes you have to do that with injured guys. You know, you're like, oh, 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 oh. we're we're going to give you a day off here. We're going to give you a day off there. But in this situation, it's it's not just that, but it's just, hey, we're gonna we're gonna you're gonna be coming off the bench. You're gonna be our sixth man right now, like early yep, on. Yep, yep. And then we're just gonna continue to evaluate you. Of course, he's our starter. We know that he's our guy. Um, but early on. You know what? You're just gonna you're gonna be that um, six man coming off the bench and spelling uh, P Ryan and and maybe it's Jalil McLaughlin or whoever uh, will, will be getting a little playing time also. Here's Javante uh, Williams this past weekend talking about getting tackled uh, and and it being the last hurdle in his recovery. Yeah, um, it was really all about just getting the nerves off. Um, I just wanted to get tackled again. Well, tackle, yeah, tackled again to see how I felt. Um, and that's the biggest hurdle that I feel like I had left with the whole recovery process. So I'm um, just getting out of the way was good. And okay, <clears throat> okay th- so g- good. It was good visually. Now, wasn't any you know sort of you know groundbreaking. You know, him taking a 50-yard, you know, carry to the house or something. But he passed the eye test from the physicality standpoint. And here's the other thing about this conversation. The situation is fluid. 
the situation is fluid. So if Javante Williams by week three looks like rookie year Javante Williams again, then you can just sort of adjust accordingly. This isn't written on tablets of stone. Um, you can just game by game, and his body and his performance will let you know when he's ready. Because when that guy was right, he was undeniable. And somehow the Broncos still denied him, actually, uh, at the time. But when he was right, he was undeniable to our eyes, maybe not the coaches at the time for the Broncos. And um, and when you see it, you'll sort of know it. Yes. Yeah. Um, very fluid situation, right? Um, and that's the great thing about uh, the running back position. It's not. I mean, you're not playing quarterback. Nope. Right? I mean, you, can, you rotate those guys a lot anyway, so it really doesn't matter. Um, whether he starts or he doesn't start. Uh, and then, you, you you know, you said it perfectly there. Hey, week three, looks great, ready to go. Okay, you know, now we're going to give you a little bit more and you're going to be back in the starting lineup. It might be week seven. It might be week eight, whatever. Yeah, right. There's no rush here um, because we got a good um, reserve back in Samaji P. Ryan, who might be the starter for a little bit. Yeah. So I just think the cautious approach is the best approach here. And this situation with uh, Javante Williams and his knee, he's doing great. But you just don't want to overdo it. Right. You just don't want to overdo it. Um, and sometimes you got to help a guy uh, in, in those situations. And I think that would be the best plan for him early on. And then you just evaluate it as you go. Yeah. And a nice luxury for the Broncos to have right now to not have that sense of urgency that, hey, we're in big trouble if this guy's not ready to go week one. Is Samaje Pirine, for my money, is one of the best secondary backs in the National Football League. Over four yards a carry the last three years. Um, this guy is really productive. Now, the sample size isn't massive like a bell cow starter, but that's not what it would be here anyway uh, with, with, with a healthy Javante to start the season if that's uh, the way uh, that it would go. And he's a smart player. And he can he he's, he can be a three down back if you need him to be sure right uh, so he knows protections uh, that's what he did in Cincinnati he was their third down back uh, so he can catch good out of the backfield but also he can be you know your lead guy if you need it and and like you said we're not asking him to carry it thirty times a game so I like it I like it I think you're on to something there and I agree with you all right we'll see how the Broncos handle it uh, we're not done talking about the running back position because there's a new wrinkle here that we'll address a little bit later uh, but we are sitting here live at Murphy Creek beautiful golf course with awesome views of the Rockies and you may even be treated to flyovers from Buckley Space Force Base the golf course is a link style course that can be quite challenging and it offers many yardage options and I'm, I'm gonna bump myself up a, a little bit today I'm not can't be hitting from the blues every single tee box. Uh, if you don't have enough got, time. The red markers are good for you. I think. They're, they're, if, if, no, that's fine. They're, they're a little bit closer, so that's perfect for you. If you don't have enough time to play golf but want to work on your game, Murphy Creek has an awesome practice area, huge driving range, separate chipping and pitching areas, and a large practice green. We're going to be hanging out here until 2 o'clock. Okay. Shifting gears a little bit here. Are we in for another curveball when it comes to the Broncos kicking conversation? That is coming up next. Denver Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Stokely and Zach. Another curveball when it comes to the Denver Broncos kicking conversation. Kicker hey, gate. A kicker gate. What do we got going on here? <laughs> what, 
Like, we've talked way too much about the kicking situation for my liking. Right? I mean, it's, we, we need to talk about it. It's right. an important position. Right. right? So we got to talk about it. But, like, I mean, we got to get that figured out. Yeah. Got, got to, you know, like, got to. And that was my concern. And I want to hear, I cut you off, but no, I want no, to hear yeah. where you're going with it. Um, but that was my concern whenever they decided to move away from McMahon. It's like, okay, well, what's your plan? Yeah. Who's your plan here? Right. And then it was Maher and, you know, Fry Guy, Elliot. Right. And like, OK, I, I don't I don't know if that's a good plan. And, you know, Fry's hurt. He's done. Uh, and then Maher has been kind of up and down to, to say the, the least. Looks good in practice in the games. Uh, not so much. Much better last week. But it's like, OK, now we're going to add more to the mix here. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's curious because Maher was great on Saturday. Yeah. You know, Maher went out and kicked it well. He was two for two on field goals, two for two on extra points, including a forty eight yarder. That's the one that's the one part about Maher's game that McManus was not as uh solid as. It's those long distance field goals. Not saying that McManus couldn't kick a forty eight yarder. That's not Sounds what I like mean. You are. No, no, no. Like um but like but like you know, when it got to be, you know, 53, 54, 55 yards, that's where McManus wasn't as solid. Would you rather be as more solid from 30 to four, through 49? Yeah, I'd rather have that. But at the same time, it's a nice luxury to have both. Maher goes out, kicks it well on Saturday, and then we hear from Peter King that uh, he says Saints GM Mickey Loomis may be able to trade the loser of Will Lutz versus Blake Group, a battle uh, that's going down there in New, uh, New Orleans for a sixth round pick just before roster cut down. That was Peter King yesterday. And then he says, and the reason we're bringing this up, he says, quote, wouldn't be surprised to see Sean Payton show interest in Lutz in Denver, end quote. Okay. Um, interesting. Well, I, I think. Um if they do, obviously, it says a lot about their confidence in Maher. I, I, I think overall, you know, he's looked better than I thought he would look. And I kind of took over Kisner's position as a oh. uh, kicking um, Broncos kicker evaluator. Um, okay. Because he should be out there. But, man, both those guys were looking good. Then, obviously, the first preseason game is like, oh, come on. You know, this is brutal. Yeah. Um, but, like you said, much better against the 49ers. So where's the confidence level with these guys? Because in practice, they he was drilling them. Maher was drilling them. He was. And, and he looked really, really good. Obviously, you have to do it in the game. And I, I don't know. I mean, maybe they have their mind made up and, and might try to make a move if Lutz becomes available. Um well, I guess you know we'll we'll see, but it's not ideal. I mean, that's that's really not what you want to be doing right before the season starts is making a move for a new kicker. Right. Now that guy's got to get acclimated with a new snapper holder, all these different things. Right. Um, but oh well, that's just what you got to do if if they decide to do it. I I don't think they're going to do it. No, I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I think they're going to stick with Maher. I think. I think they've gone down this road unless he unless he falls apart. Um, you know, against the Rams. Is he going to? He's going to kick against the Rams, right? He's not one of these starters who's going to be shut down. Well, who else is going to kick? Oh yeah, right. I mean, Danucci? right? right. <laughs> I mean, like, what's up? Like, we don't have five kickers. Like, no, we're going to rest no, you're our right, kicker. You're right. 
Oh, yes, our kicker is going to kick, um, Zach. Uh, no feel like a good question. Hey, situation. No, you know? no bad, yeah, no bad questions. No bad questions. Um, no, so he's going to kick, and, and and then I guess you'll be evaluating him in the joint practices, too. He'll sure. have some situations there where they'll be working on maybe some live field goal, field goal block situations. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is a big week for him. If he performs well, he'll be on the team. I don't think they make a move. You know, if there's a couple hiccups there, he's got to be really good. Yeah. He's got to be really good because uh, he has to overcome what happened to him last year and then um, that first game, um, that first preseason game. So Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll piggyback. You said he's got to be really good. I think he's got to be perfect. Okay. I think he's got to be perfect because you already use you already use your mulligan against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I'm not talking about the second kick. Was it, the second kick was partially blocked, right? Or, or it was a low kick. Yeah, and was, then yeah. Kind of put it on him. It, it was wasn't, a little wasn't bit. a good kick. Okay, so he, so, so he, he. You use your mulligans, dude. You're in a yeah. kicking competition. Your career's on the line anyway. After what happened last year, um, at, at least career on the line to be someone's plan to start a season. You know, who knows what would happen in the season? But um, you know, for all intents and purposes, you know, Brett Maher, there's, there's a lot at stake, and I don't think he can have one more screw up. Um, so we'll see. When it comes to Lutz, who's rumored by Peter King to potentially be in the mix if he were to get uh, cut in New Orleans. Uh, in favor of a Blake group. I hope I'm saying that name right. Um, if it is Will Lutz, Lutz hit a career-long 60-yarder last season but had his career-worst make rate, 74%. That's not good. Um, to, made the Pro Bowl in 2019, obviously played uh, for Sean, once upon a time played at Georgia State. Um, and this other kid he's going up against was undrafted out of Notre Dame. So McManus is hit rate a year ago <clears throat> was actually better than Will Lutz. So, again, a lot of this stuff is just how confident the coach is in the human being uh, to, to to pick himself up by the bootstraps. But by the numbers, Lutz actually had a worse year uh, than Brandon McManus. Okay. Um, and, you know, numbers don't always tell the story. That's true. Right? I don't know. I mean, is, is he is he being, was he being asked to kick you know fifty five, fifty eight yarders a lot last year? Were a few of those you know game winners from you know sixty three yard lines in Seattle um, from the sixty three yard line in Seattle? I mean, like you know stuff like that. Yeah. Right? I mean, that impacts your 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 make percentage obviously um, overall, but you know there's more to the story than that. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how it how it shakes out. Hopefully, Maher can just go out there and have a good week. And solidify himself. He's got a great leg, and it's just um, you know I think a lot of it is is on the mental side for him. Uh, this may be a silly question, but you said there's no silly questions, right? That's right. If you're Sean Payton, and maybe Sean Payton's the wrong guy to ask because he's just so confident in himself and his offense, but just with a general broad stroke, with this Broncos offense, do you need to consider actually the leg of the kicker? Considering that that you might not be in the red zone time after time, like this past week, perfect example. Maher's got to kick a forty-eight yarder for that starting offense that everyone feels so great about. He had to kick almost a fifty-yard field goal to hang points on the board for the starting offense. Does that actually get factored in? Well, I, I think um, you know, not not a ton, 
um, because most of these guys are, especially if you're kicking at altitude, you know, 55, 60 yarders aren't anything to these guys nowadays, right? So I don't think it's like, uh, I, I think the only thing that would you would really pay attention to if you go out and get a guy like Mason Crosby. Okay. Um, uh, that's right, the kicker from the Packers. Yep. Um, uh, he doesn't have the strongest leg anymore. He's a little bit older. Uh, maybe that comes into the valuation of, of a guy like him. But for the majority of these guys, you know, especially with your home stadium being at altitude, I don't think it really comes into play a whole lot, you know, the, the, the strength of their leg, because all these guys can boom it. Uh, most of them. Most of them can boom it. Now, if you if you got a weak, weak leg, yeah. Uh, that would come into the valuation of them. But I don't think any of these guys probably uh, fall into that category overall. Okay. Uh, I think that's uh, – But, that's no, it. that's a good question. A good, you're on the road, and you're looking at your offense that has, like, struggled, and, and you want to say, okay, I mean, maybe it's a tiebreaker, Zach. You know, if it comes – if it's, it's if it's close between two guys, this guy – you know, this guy's got a little bit better legs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll see how it all plays out here over the next two weeks. But here's the thing. Like, it's getting it's getting late early. Who would be our kicker? Just to go back to your awful question that you asked earlier, your statement that you said, who would be our backup emergency <laughs> kicker right now if we if we had to have one? Oh. Oh, Maher, oh, you know, okay. Maher's playing, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't know, uh, football golf and, and rolls his ankle before the game and can't go. Who's our reserve kicker? My guess would be Justin Simmons. I would go with um, Greg Dolchitz or Javante Williams. I, I see I, I see Javante Williams being able to just straight leg, you know, go straight ahead with it and just boot it straight like a twi- forward like tow it yes like <laughs> tow it straight forward like because he's got big old quads and just boom you know not bad justin simmons is a good one he's rangy yeah you know good range of motion right. long legs like a you know a driver get a big swing through i don't know all right. um maybe that's a question for sean Payton. maybe so <laughs> like hey you know all right uh is there any chance and i mean any chance the Broncos could go out and create the best three-headed monster in the National Football League. The odds say, yeah, there is a chance. Details next. You're listening to Stokely and Zach on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Is there any chance the Denver Broncos could go out and create the best three-headed monster in the National Football League? The odds actually say yes, there is a chance. But I'm looking forward to uh, to, to talking it out with you here. Okay, okay, you got my mind um, racing, Zach. Right? Uh, so, you know, certainly we're not talking about the offensive line. Um, and we're not talking about the, the wide receivers. That's that, no, that's not happening, right? So offensively, I'm kind of like, huh? I mean, are you going running backs? I just can't really go there with the running back position. I mean, like, okay, I like P. Ryan. I like Javante. I like, you know, is it McLaughlin? I mean, um, okay, but, uh, I mean, really going to put them up there at the, as, as the best? I'm not ready to go there yet. Defensively, I look and I say, okay, I think the one place that I kind of go to defensively, I'm not ready to go outside linebackers. I mean, come on, what, what are these? They haven't done it, um, so I can't. I can't make a leap there. I would go with the safety position. 
Caden Stearns, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson. I mean, that's where my mind go goes right there is is to the three safeties. And, you know, could they be on the field a lot at the same time because of, you know, hey, it's a passing league, right? And it, it, you could throw a Kareem Jackson down in the box as a, you know, kind of a linebacker and, he can cover. He can, you know, he can he can stand up there uh, against the running game also. So that's where my mind goes, Zach. That would be my answer. Would be the safety position. You know, I, I love where your head's at. And again, it's, I'm wrong. I can tell. No, no, like, no, no, I, no, no. Like the trivia no, no, thing. No, there's no right or wrong. Oh, there, okay. There's no right or wrong. It's literally just what I was thinking. Okay. And then I didn't want to interrupt you because you could go down that road of like, okay, what's like creating the best three-headed monster? What does that look like? Kind of going through the roster. I'm talking about going out and trading for Jonathan Taylor to pair with Javante Williams and Samaj P. Ryan, which I believe would be the best three-headed monster in professional football. The reason that I'm just bringing it up, one, it's a big name, and I, I pull up the odds. I pull up the offshore odds. Yeah. You know, sometimes I... I, I, I still going offshore. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> well, you don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> well, you don't. But if you want to bet on, like, a a, a, oh. a Senate race yeah. or odds oh, to gotcha. land Jonathan gotcha. Taylor, yeah. sometimes you got to go offshore. Gotcha. And I pull it up, and I see number one most likely is the Miami Dolphins. And that actually makes a lot of sense. They were in the mix for Dalvin Cook. They yep. have been a splash uh, team to go out and land. Uh, guys like Jalen Ramsey or Bradley Chubb or, you know, fill in the blank. So the Dolphins are the number one odds-on favorite at 2-1, to one, followed by the Bears, Bills, and Ravens. But you can't get past uh, the fifth most likely option without reading the name, the Denver Broncos at 8-1. to one. There was only about 11 teams listed, and the Broncos were, were fifth on that list. Um, I'm curious to think if you... You know, at all. And, and let me give you some con- context. Per Stephen Holder of ESPN, the Colts are seeking a first round pick or a package of picks that equates to a first. Are the Denver Broncos picking up the phone and trying to just start a conversation? No. No. I mean, goodness. Can we just, you know, have our first-round pick for once? It feels like we haven't had a first-round pick in forever. Got one last year. I had to trade it for Sean Payton. Um, no, no, it just doesn't make sense for the Broncos. First of all, you're going to have to trade them, right, and give up, you know, great assets for yep. them. Um, and then you got to pay them. Yep. Sorry. It's um, it's just not worth it. He's been, He was banged up last year. Um, I just don't um, – I don't think it's 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 worth it to go down that road uh, for the for the Denver Broncos. It's just what what is his, you know, what is he going to look like here? What is what is he going to bring to the table? I mean, you're giving up a lot, and you're talking about the running back position, and um, I just don't think it's the right fit for so many different reasons, um, and especially with what you got to give up. Now you got to pay him a, a ton of money, and uh, on top of all of that, so no, thank you, but thank you though. What do you think? I think I, w- I, I had a I had a lean that you were going to say no because of all the factors that you just pointed out. Like you're you're a smart football fan. You don't play fantasy football live on the radio. Would we like to have Jonathan Taylor here in Denver? Right, sure, right, sure yeah, exactly. he would. <laughs> but um, we know the context of what transa- what a transaction like this would take. Um, so I b- before he started talking, I, I wrote down three letters: um, A F N. 
A-F-N. The first letter is for absolutely, and the last oh, letter is for not. Okay. Let you All figure right. out the middle letter. Yeah, okay. Um, but that would be an absolute yeah. disaster of a transaction yeah. for the Denver Broncos. This would be the last thing that they need is to pay a running back. You've already actually kind of, like, considering the price tag of running backs, you for a secondary back, you have to give Samaj P. Ryan some money. Yeah. And you've already made an incredible in- investment through the draft. So you've checked both boxes. One guy is the fifth pick into the second round of the draft two years ago. The other guy is making decent coin for a backup and is serviceable. Um, honestly, for a situation like this with Javante, uh, Jonathan Taylor, I think he's a special player when he's healthy. Just don't know if he's just don't know if he's healthy. And I see him walk around. It's, have you seen him walking around there out at Colts practice? He, he looks like he's still got a bad back, man. Like, he's just so ginger with everything and stiff. I don't know if you've seen any of those clips of him walking around. Um, I mean, I've seen, yeah, uh, a, a few of those clips. Um, I think Jonathan Taylor's in for a rude awakening, just like Austin Eckler was. Mm. I mean, it's just uh, the running back market has plummeted. Okay? There's, um, there's a lot of really good backs that you can get for um, cheap. Just the way it is, folks. I mean, it's it's you know, and um, running backs, you don't want to try to band together. Okay, well, what are you going to do? It's it's just a it's a um, it's a demand. I mean, it's a, it's. I mean, where, where are you at with with on the on the pecking order? Uh, and if guys can go out there, and general managers are always looking to save money on the cap, if they yep. can go out there and find a guy, maybe it's not as good as you. Or Jonathan Taylor is, but uh, won't cost as much, and it's going to be a a a good back at a, a much better price. That that's where you're going to go. The, the league is going to a it's it's a passing league. Also on top of that, so you have to be a, I think uh, in a perfect situation if you're a running back now and you want to get a huge deal, right? You have to be that outlier, and you have to be a Derrick Henry. You have to be a Christian McCaffrey. You have to be that type of. Uh, Running back in Austin Eckler, who 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 did get paid already once, you're gonna have to be that type of back um, that can do a little bit of both, um, and that brings a lot to a team that a younger back, a uh, cheaper back won't be able to won't be able to provide. And you have to show durability. You have to show that you're healthy. And and right now in Jonathan Taylor's case, you don't have much leverage, and that's what it's all about. You don't have much leverage in his situation, and so you're trying to force the Colts' hands. Guess what they're gonna do? Guess what they just did? Okay, go ahead. Try to get a trade. Yep. Same thing Austin Eckler did. Yep. And everybody's going to be like, no, thank you. We're, we don't want to give up a first-round pick and pay this guy all this money. Nope. And you've, right. already, and you've already put tread on the tires. Right. So, so it's, it's a certified pre-own that you want me to pay a premium for? Uh, it, you know, Jonathan Taylor, is he ever going to have a season? And not that this would be the reason that you would do it or not. But is he ever going to have a season where he's over 1,800 yards 18 touchdowns on the ground, no. two in the passing game. Stokely, he was 20 touchdowns and over two uh, over 2,000 yards from scrimmage. That may be his best season ever. Yep. And then, you know, what was his season last year? Uh, he played 11 games, so he missed uh, six games. He was 861 yards and four touchdowns, four and a half yards a carry. That was down a full yard from the previous season. So, season. so who's going to pay him? Who's going to pay him off of that? It's not what you did five years ago. It's not what you did three years ago or two years. What, what have you done lately, and what do you project to do moving forward? Yep. Right? And and that's a tough situation for a guy like Jonathan Taylor. It's, hey, it is what it is. Life's yep. not fair. NFL football is not fair. And and, and playing the running back position is, is, is not fair right now. Should, should a lot of those guys get paid? Yeah. 
but um, you know, no one's um, no one's going out of their way to say, "Hey, the running back position, we're going to screw over the running back position." No. Right now, it's just it's, no. it's 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 just the way that the game is structured now, and uh, just the way that it is, unfortunately, for those guys. And a guy like Josh Jacobs, you better take your ten million bucks and sign that deal before the Raiders pull it off the table, and then you're out being a free agent where you won't get close to $10 million for right. this next year. Right. So uh, that's a lot of money. Go take it, and it is what it is. And be, be, be fortunate that you're getting $10 bucks. Yeah, you're right, because you, you mentioned Austin Eckler. He's one of the best in the game. What is he making this year, six? Yeah. Like, the, the, the days of paying these guys, you know, 13, 14, like, Zeke, salute. Yes. Uh, whoever's uh, Todd Gurley, salute. Um, but those days... Um, those days are over. Because, look, the majority of those contracts don't work out. They don't. They don't. And teams know that yep. and realize yep. it. Yep. So it, it just, um, that's just the way it is. Yep. We've been talking about it for years uh, on this show. Uh, okay. Uh, what if what if Sean Payton isn't obsessed with fixing Russell Wilson? I want to take a dive into that conversation coming up next.